Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, this is Mark Ritter, CEO of MBFS and your host of Credit Union Conversations. Welcome to part two of PPP Unfiltered. Uh, I am here returning with uh, Jeff Lyons and Omar Shute to talk about PPP loans. So if you're just picking up our show and just listening to this and you haven't listened to part one yet, I suggest hitting the pause button and go back to our previous episode and listen to part one because what we're going to talk about will make a lot more sense. So Omar, Jeff, are you guys ready to roll? I am. You got it. All right. So we had a lot of fun uh, in the last episode and uh, telling some war stories. I almost feel like we could turn this into some sort of drinking game. We did a lot of complaining, but after a while, uh, a few months, PPP loans would trickle in, we would process them, and that would be it. And I remember we hired some temp staff and we told them, you know, PPP loans are really going to be done by probably, um, you know, maybe in the fall by December at the latest, and we wouldn't need their help again. Jeff, did that happen like we thought? Nope. It went no. on forever. And, and, and Omar, tell me if you've heard this song before. So what was originally eight weeks and then you could apply for forgiveness became even longer of 16 weeks and then you had a long years to apply for forgiveness and it just kept going on and on and on much like covid we got to the end of the year and we thought 2021 would just be a bang up year and a spectacular time and to move on with our life we could all go back to vacations Jeff, did that happen? Oh, no. January, they said, hold off a second. We're going to do PPP round two. And we all groaned because our life was moving on. Loan volumes were high. You know, in, in the first round of PPP, it actually worked out pretty well because there was no new loan applications coming in. Nobody was taking applications. There was no new projects coming in. You know, the world was kind of shut down, so it fit well. And, and then Omar, you know, when we got hit in 2021, uh, all of a sudden we had our day job and then we had more PPP loans, right? Yes. Indeed, and uh, we also were in the process of going through a systems conversion. So for us, it was it was not a fun time. No, no. So, Jeff, tell the just to set the table. Tell people a little bit about the second round of PPP loans and kind of how that worked 
and and what went on there sure so like you said we were all when ppp1 finished we were all like never ever again i will never do this again and then they announced it hey we're going to do a second round and we're like oh okay wait a second what about forgiveness like is that automatic and then all the rumors were swirling how this was going to work and and so you had forgiveness people wanted to be have their loans forgiven and and no one knew what that meant yet and then you had oh and by the way we're coming out with more and then you could tell there was a a hangover from the banking industry because everyone's like yeah we're not doing it we're not doing it we're not doing it and then then they come out with pbp2 and they're like lo and behold the SBA was like, oh, we're going to pay you more money to do this just to, to entice a few people back in, which, you know, for us was great because, you know, we made some money and, and kept the doors open. And I want to define this for people because I don't think and I'm going to be pretty blunt here. The, the 20, 2021 uh, PPP wave wasted a lot of, uh, I'll say, our money and American taxpayer money. Yep. So, Jeff, in, if we did a $20,000 loan in 2020, they paid us 5%. They paid the lender 5%. And then we got 1% of that. Correct. So if we did a $20,000 loan, which we did a lot of small loans, we the, the lender was paid $125. Okay, you got a couple bucks, you fulfilled your community service. Jeff, how much did, did you get paid in 2021 if you were a lender to process a $20,000 loan? You made $2,500. So the government went from paying people $125 for a $20,000 loan to $2,500 for a loan. And I hate to say it, but it was good for our bottom line. But in this second wave, you our costs lowered quite a bit because we actually knew what we were doing and we had the systems in place to automate it a bit further. It was the lesser of 50% or $2,500. Yeah. So, I mean, we still made a lot more money than we did the first time around, but that was there. That was that kind of incentive. That was the carrot there for people to jump back in. Yes. And jump back in, they did. Um, Omar, what what did you think? What was your uh, initial side of the the 2021 PPP loans and thoughts as that uh, started to kick off? Well, as you said, for 2021, we were uh, a lot smarter about you know how to process the loans, and we you know began using you know, technology. We actually, at Members First, we, we started using technology and basically, uh, and like, and for, for lack of a better word, a, a more automated way of processing the loans uh, through a platform. Um, if, if, you, if you recall, the PPP money dried out, uh, what, maybe like two and a half, three weeks, three and a half weeks after the program launched and and we knew 
that th they were going to refund uh, the the PPP program. So on that two week break uh, between the money drying out and the, the reallocation of funds, our chief uh, technology officer, which you know, Mark uh, Bob West, he was able to hook us up with a with with the technology to be able to basically all these applications that we had, and we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Uh, we were able to enter them, do the due diligence and enter them during that two week recess. Um, and basically when the program launched, launched, we were able to mass process them, right? Uh, so we got a lot smarter. And then in 2021, we got even, even more because like I said, we were going through a transition. We were changing systems. Uh, and we are we were partnering at that time with Abrigo, and we were able to uh, very uh, easily a able to process the loans and be able to also do that due diligence. Um, so not quite like a fintech where no human was touching the application. We were still reviewing and approving the applications, but it really went a lot quicker. And, and as you said, the the fee income. You know, lending institutions, we make money on interest and fee income. And, and the, the fee income was, was, was really, really appealing. So, um, so no one that was involved with PPP wanted to do PPP, uh, but we knew that, that we were going to do it because the fee income was just going to be very hard to, to say no. And we still had some businesses that truly deserve PPP. I think that the biggest crime to me as a taxpayer with PPP was that, you know, there is a lot of businesses that 2020 was their best year ever, and they still got PPP uh, uh, because those were the rules. You know, you could still, you know, you were eligible to apply for PPP. So it, it really, you know, made the rich richer in many cases. Um, and, um, you know, but, but there were certainly some businesses that really needed it that, Looking back, if, if, if I was an SBA consultant and I could go back in a, like a time machine, I certainly would have done more for hospitality industries, uh, businesses, for restaurants, hotels. Because to me, uh, you know, those were the businesses that were impacted the most, you know, movie theaters, um, you know, but like landscaping companies, for example, you know, construction companies, you know. They, IT they companies really, did phenomenal. Uh, I yeah IT comp like I mean you name it I mean they you know 2020 was a banner year and PPP just increased their bottom line even more. So so Jeff, give an overview for what the eligibility was to get that second round of PPP when things launched in 2021. So it went back to. Um the, the main thing was you had payroll, but it was payroll from the original payroll. Did you still use that? And then people were applying for more money because their payroll went up. And then everyone was like, wait a second. And the SBA was telling everybody, no, 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 that's the wrong amount. Like, you, that's not what you put in the first time. So you basically had to put the same amounts in that you did for the first time, the second time, and to get the same amount of money, which was totally irrelevant to a year and a half, two years later, uh, what were you doing? You know, 
payrolls change, right? And then people leave or your company grows and it, it, it declines. Nope. It was everything's the same as the last time and, and it better be exact or we're going to have a problem. And, you know, the SBA was trying to learn from their mistakes the first time. So they automated a few things. So people were getting rejected and kicked back for, you know, incorrect loan amounts, incorrect uh company formation dates because a lot of times they didn't know right people just didn't know what their formation date was of their company or they so they just fudged it um and then they didn't know what that date was when that they had put originally so it was just a cluster again what what i remember most is there was originally a requirement that either you, you had one quarter where sales dropped 25% to be eligible, or your sales dropped for 25% for the entire year. And, and that turned out to be the biggest joke there was, because you had people during April, May, and June when the world was shut down, they had a huge drop in sales. And... But overall, they had a banner year, as Omar said. So people would say, oh, I had one bad quarter or one bad quarter drop off, but I'm eligible, even though I had my greatest year of, uh, of, of sales and profitability that I've ever had because of, uh, of the industry that I in and how it was scaled back, uh, how it was helped by COVID. And going into this, we had very much expectations that 2021 PPP would be scaled back and it wouldn't be as robust as 2020. You know, because of that, some of these requirements, it was going to be more restrictive and then it was, it was done. And to start out with, we had the boom that we expected and then everything just tailed off kind of like we expected. And then everything changed. Everything changed because they could they, they allocated however many hundreds of billions of dollars and they couldn't um, they couldn't put it out the door because people weren't qualifying or they didn't need the money. Uh, and they the rules kept changing to get this money out the door. And I remember, you know, when we talk about, you know, why eggs and bacon and everything is so expensive today, I can draw a direct line to this 2021 PPP loans where we were just pouring out hundreds of billions of dollars and kept changing the rules so that people could get money that they didn't really need, but Congress approved it and we needed to do it. And I really think if somebody understood one piece of this, that there would be outrage. And I'm surprised there wasn't more outrage. And, and Omar and Jeff, I'll kind of explain this and I'll get your, your take on it. So originally, PPP loan was to replace income. We wanted to replace income, for particularly for sole proprietors and people who didn't have employees. So what did we do? We took your income for the year, 
we divided it by the number of weeks in the year and multiplied it by, you know, the eight weeks. And there we had your PPP loan. Well, we're all in the small business lending space. And we know sometimes small businesses don't claim a profit. So if you didn't claim a profit or you've never claimed the profit, you weren't eligible for PPP. Uh, and Omar, you probably had that conversation about a hundred times with people, right? Yes, I had that conversation, and those were you know tough conversations to have, you know. But you know, you 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 had to explain, you know, the formula, you know, and 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 the formulas were public, so you know it it's you know it is what it is at that point. Yeah, they've never paid income tax and they've never claimed income. So the government said, we're not going to give these people because it's not where it, this was designed to replace income. So what happened? They changed the rules to replace it and go off of sales. And, and they did it originally for farmers and then they rolled it out to sole proprietors, LLCs, independent contractors, so that you could then go back and you weren't eligible, and but now you were. Then they changed it. So if you were eligible under these new rules and you didn't get a 2020 loan, you got back and you got your PPP loan from 2020. So we were processing 2020 PPP loans for people in 2021, a year later. And then immediately afterwards, they got their second loan. And that's where it just, uh, you know, the original intention of, I'm going to replace and keep employees on payroll, and I'm going to base it off of the income of the business got completely tossed because they couldn't get the money out the door with those rules, so we just changed it to a giveaway. Jeff, tell me I'm wrong, and the politicians are going to scream at me. Go ahead. Prove me wrong. I totally forgot about that. That They're like, oh, if you didn't get one, they made up some, some cockamamie excuse. And they're like, well, if you didn't get one originally, now you can get one. And we're like, really? We have to do this again? for the, you know? Yes, we wanted to help people, but like you were saying, everything was kind of going good. Yeah, not a lot of these companies really needed this money, but a lot of them were like, well, if you're going to give me what, you know, basically free money, uh, why why am I not going to take it, right? And, and I've had that conversation multiple times where the guy's like, well, I don't, you know, I'm applying, but I don't really need it. And I'm like, well, you know, that's up to you. You have to make that decision, but you are eligible for it because that's what the rules say. So, yeah, it was just crazy. But, yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was almost like it just it, it would stop, slow down and go to a trickle. And then they would change the rules so we would have a new flood of people coming at us just to get this money out the door. Remember the first part where they're like, we only have so much money and everyone was in a total panic. Yeah. They're going to run out of money. Like, eh, they're not going to run out of money. And then they, they put more money in, and that was fine. And then it became a point where nobody wanted the money. So they're like, we have money left over. <laughs> keep applying. Yes. Yeah. It, and that was in 20, you know, looking back, the 2021 piece where they originally set it up and then just kept changing it to get money out the door for people 
who quite frankly did not need the money because it was over a year later and you were doing just fine. You know, and, and they probably should have structured it to to make it a more focused program to because there were still areas and some businesses segments struggling, but nobody wanted to make that call and rule. They just wanted to give it to everybody as humanly possible. And now, unfortunately, we're paying for it. Omar, your thoughts? Once again, Omar, tell me I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. Unfortunately, I can't. It became a huge giveaway. Um, and I mean, obviously now we have inflation issues and, you know, and, and things. But, uh, but yeah, I, I consider the 2021 uh, PPP program to be, in my opinion, it was absolutely unnecessary. Uh, outside of, of certain select industries that we know like again, I go back to hotels and you know restaurants that we know got really, really hammered by the pandemic, um, and they should have qualified for more money than what they received. The multiplier should have been higher for those businesses, and it was, you know, three and a half, I think, instead of two and a half, but it should have been even higher than that. But but outside of those. Yeah, it became a huge giveaway. And, and I remember talking to, you know, businesses that they were like, you know what, I don't need the money. Uh, but my accountant is telling me that I need to get it and it's free money. And, you know, and, and yeah, they qualify because of the quarter, you know, maybe that, you know, but, but then you're looking at, you know, 2020 was the best year in the history of the company. But you know, the one quarter was down, so they did qualify. And, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, for, for, for anyone that is uh, fiscally responsible, um, you know, and is concerned with government spending, you know, it was torture because it, it was just, uh, you know, an outrageous giveaway. So the program eventually came to an end, thankfully. Then we got into the final phase of it, the forgiveness process. Jeff, tell me about how the forgiveness process was supposed to work and tell me about how it actually worked. Sure. So first of all, we had some really astute members who were like, all right, I got my money. How do I get forgiveness? And and they, and you're like I don't know, and they're like What do you mean you don't know? Like nobody knows. Like that's coming. The SBA says it's coming. They're not there yet. So keep in mind, like we were doing very well, um, and the banking industry was doing very well in 2021, and had you know a lot of was making a lot of loans because that's what we do. We just make you know we help with commercial lending. So we were all everyone was busy in our company making commercial loans, and then the PPP stuff comes, and then oh yeah, there's forgiveness. How does that happen? Uh, and nobody really knew for the longest time. And then it was supposed to be automatic, and then it, except for larger loans, they had to f submit some some paperwork. And then it became well, there's a the SBA has like a forgiveness portal. So you just go in there, upload your financials or the information you need, which, by the way, was the information you already gave twice already, and then click a button that says you swear it's true, and, and then hopefully you got forgiven. That 
that's the way it was supposed to work. Uh, the portal had its own, you know, ups and downs, of course, but it did work a lot better. Um, uh, but you know, the SBA was also inundated like the banks were and had new loans coming in. So they started hiring contractors. And to be honest with you, some of those contractors had no business being in that position because you were kind of arguing with them about, there's nothing wrong with this loan. They handled everything the same, but you're rejecting it. Um, so that's what I remember. And, and, and for some reason, there became an audit process of rant quote random selections where the SBA wanted to see the documentation and it wasn't automatic. We had a loan that went through the audit process for $1,700. The audit probably took three times the cost of the actual loan. It was just the wacky, and, and, and it really became an issue of contractors who, who had no idea what they were looking at. And I think it seemed like a lot of these contractors were doing it on nights and weekends outside of their normal job because that's when we got we happened to get a lot of our questions and responses. So yeah, it, it was and 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 I'll wrap up the forgiveness piece here. And I, I won't use the QSO name because they're a friend of ours and uh, they're still in business. But we had a QSO whose loan forgiveness was rejected. And it actually went to the highest levels of SBA, and it was appealed to the administrative courts of the SBA because it was so egregiously wrong. And the SBA contractor and review people, this CUSO was owned by credit unions, and they tried to claim because of the net worth of the credit union owners, they weren't eligible. And the one piece that we were asked that I'll never forget is in the forgiveness process, they asked who the owners of the credit union were because they wanted to know the net worth of the owners of the company and not just the, the company that owned the QSO. So they wanted to know who owned the credit union. And at that point, I said, our system has failed us. <laughs> so let's wrap this up. And, and, and I'm just going to, I got two questions for, for Jeff and Omar. And my first is a kind of a combo. What do you think worked best with the PPP and just what didn't work at all? And uh, under the next pandemic, what, sh what should have been different if we go through another situation where the PPP loan program is dusted off, what should have been different? Omar, I'll hit you. What worked, what didn't, and what should we do different? Uh, great questions, Mark. What worked best? Um, I, I think I'm going to go with, you know, by the second round of PPP in 2021, you know, the, the SBA has come up with a very good portal uh, where you can, you know, you could see why an application was turned down uh, and try to troubleshoot it. Um, and the systems were in place so that you could smoothly process, uh, you know, a request. Uh, you know, what didn't work, obviously, is that when the program was first launched, that technology wasn't there to be able to handle 
the overwhelming demand for the program. Um, and and also obviously the rules changing constantly you know didn't help at all uh so so i, I will say uh you know those those are my two takeaways for that and 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 for your last question what would you do differently like i said before if i could have a time machine and you know get back in time um, you know, I, I, I do think the first round of PPP was necessary at first uh, because there was a lot of uncertainty with a pandemic. And from, you know, the, the first half of 2020, you know, uh, it was a scary time, right? Um, you know, so, so, so the program was needed. I, I think for, I think the program should have been refined further uh, for it to continue once it was clear that things were in 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 a in a better situation, um, and I think they should have been more targeted for the second round of PPP. Um, and basically, like I said, focus on the industries that were truly truly impacted by the pandemic, um, and and make the program for those industries only. And then, you know, if you qualify, you qualify. And if you don't, the money goes back to the Treasury Department, not basically keep changing the program so that you could just basically turn it into a free give, you know, giveaway uh, for businesses that, again, you know, in, 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 like you pointed out, is contributing right now to the problems we have with inflation. All right, Jeff, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, what worked, what didn't, and what do you think we should have done different? So what worked for me was we did get a lot of money into small business owners' hands who needed it at that time. And and employees, right? Because the idea was to keep as many people off of um, unemployment because that was the, I think that was the main thrust was, hey, let's just pay these people. And that was you ha- what you had to use your money for. You couldn't fire anybody. You couldn't, you know, whatever. Um, so that worked very well. And, and, you know, that's my big takeaway in, especially PPP one, PPP two, I, I, I agree. It wasn't really a hundred percent necessary. Like Omar said, maybe in certain industries you did, they did need it. And that's kind of what you could have done. Um, my biggest gripe with the whole thing, how you could have done this a lot smoother to me is the information we had to submit was uh, IRS and tax documents that the government already had in their possessions. So the way I always envisioned, hey, you could have done this a lot easier, and of course hindsight's twenty twenty, is everyone gets a voucher from the IRS based on what they submitted for their payrolls over the last few quarters, their 940 or 941s statements. Um, and you just took that voucher to your bank and then that became that loan and, and everything would have been a lot smoother. So that was always my big, you know, way to solve that. The issue of getting all these banks involved and all these people trying to figure out what to do because, you know, we were pulling our hair out forever. Uh, it could have been done a lot easier. So, you know, PPP two, like I said, wasn't really that necessary. I don't think that much. A lot of people took the money, even though, you know, like we talked about, they really didn't need it. So, 
Yeah, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up uh, by, by saying I, I really kind of uh, agree with both of you. Early on in the first PPP, there was such uncertainty, and that money made a difference to people. And they were thankful, and businesses were shut down, travel was shut down, people couldn't, you know, conduct commerce for the most part. So, so that first wave of that initial PPP was great. And as both of you said, you know, the 2021 PPP was one of the biggest frauds and waste of money in American history. Uh, because we just kept changing the rules to get it out the door instead of focusing on who actually needed it. And, and Jeff, I agree with you 100 uh, percent. This should I, we, we kept trying to run it as a loan program through banks and credit unions. It wasn't a forgivable loan as much as a grant. And we should have just called it a grant and created vouchers at, that people could deposit into their account off of the, the government data that they already had. And I think it would have been much, much more efficient. Yeah. So. We had three old men gripe about the government for about <laughs> one hour of podcasts. Jeff and Omar, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your hard work during all of this, and I had enjoyed these conversations. Uh, thank you for thank you for joining us. Uh, any parting words, guys? Omar. No, thank you, Mark. Thank you for having having me in your podcast. Uh, big fan of the podcast and uh yeah it's always uh always a good time to go down memory lane um you know even though ppp doesn't bring the uh you know the, the most uh, uh fond memories uh but uh, but yeah always good to talk about it and uh you know it's, it's, it's something that I'll, I'll tell my my grandchildren someday you know how how we were able to get through it and, and, and what, what we had to do, uh, you know, during the pandemic uh, to, uh, you know, help keep the economy going. All right. And uh, yeah, it's a good therapy session for all of us. Jeff, any parting words? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we sit here and we, we talk about everything that we could gripe about with this. But, it, you know, like we said, it did do good. Uh, for a lot of people and uh, that really does overweigh the rest of it um, in the end. Uh, so uh, it was good though. But, and thank you for having me on. I appreciate it anytime. All right. Well, thank you for the listeners who, who went through two episodes of talking PPP loans and uh, given a little bit of insight. Hopefully you picked up a few uh, anecdotes and enjoyed this episode. If you had a crazy PPP story, let us know. Shoot me the message on LinkedIn. We'll post it out there when this episode drops. Let us know what went on and tell us your crazy PPP story. But go ahead and listen and subscribe to Credit Union Conversations on your favorite audio platform. And we will continue to drop episodes every two weeks on a Tuesday. So this is Mark Ritter. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.